the big sip. All right, y'all. So excited. We are back. Another episode of The Big Sip, where we are spilling some knowledge on some sip that matters. The people, the pioneers, the risk takers, the leaders behind all of this incredible space from the food industry, culinary, wine, beverage, art industry. I'm your host, Gabriela Fernandez. Today, I'm so excited uh, because in the hot seat today, spilling the knowledge is an incredible human. I know is Trey. Everyone else, y'all. Y'all might know him as George Washington Carver Walker III. Yes. Oh my gosh. A mouthful. A mouthful for sure. sure, But (laughs) also speaks to uh, the complex and incredible individual that you are. Wow. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. No, I'm so excited you're here. This is literally so cool. This is so dope. Uh, So dope. I've been uh, eager to get you into into the studio so I can have this conversation. And uh, more than anything so that everyone else out there can really get to know who you are, the phenomenal things that you're doing that you have done. I mean, you've got quite quite the uh, resume behind you <laughs> on, on the projects that you've started, wow. experiences you've been a part of, things that you're building for yourself, what you're what you're still doing now. Wow. Um, and and this is such a such a great moment for everyone else to really dive deep uh, and take a sip from your cup, learn a little bit about you. Wow. So um, wow. cheers, cheers to yeah, you, homie. Cheers, Everything man. you've got wow. going on, and that was and, uh, absolutely amazing. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for that. You, uh, I like the perfect hype person. I am so here for this. <laughs> uh, I'm here for it. I'm here for you all the time, however you need it. Um, so you, you just recently moved here from yeah, Michigan. Yeah, like literally two months ago. Uh, I've been in Napa for two months now. Um, it's crazy. I love it. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, it's kind of hard not to love it right, though, right? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> seriously, it's gorgeous. It's it's apparently winter here, and it's like, like 67 degrees outside. It's almost 70 degrees, um, clear blue skies. Uh, Is that weird for you? It's so weird. It's oh my so God. Weird. It's so funny that you say that because this weather to me, I'm, you saw me the other day. I'll right, be wearing right. like that huge yeah. green parka jacket where you're like, excuse me, girl, are you from Michigan? Because <laughs> <laughs> no one's dressing like that here. Right, right. Um, but Hey, it's a Californians. We experience weather on a whole other oh level. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. I'm never leaving California. I'm oh. never leaving Napa. This oh is good. Great. I'm glad. It means you like it here. It means you're uh, finding a home and you are, you have made your home here uh, actually working for Wade Sellers. Right. Yeah. So I am the first official employee of Wade Sellers and it kind of, it's crazy how it all happened. Um, and I am so thankful um, for that. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy, you know? So what, what, what do you do for Wade Sellers then? You're the... Yeah, yeah. So I am uh, assistant director of operations. Um, Badass. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's wild. So I do literally all things. Like I am the, uh, the president's right hand man um and literally from uh developing our tasting program uh to depletion reports to designing hats to running our social media uh to tastings to we just kind of put together our blend um for this upcoming release that we're gonna have next year Um, i got to sit in on that and taste through a bunch of stuff uh it's yeah everything that is so (laughs) cool you are literally involved in every single aspect it's pretty great um and and you're getting to build it from the ground up. What yeah. is that? What is that like? How it's, how cool is that? It's so it's so dope. It's so dope because I mean, one 
it's like it's Wade Sellers and it's, it's Dwayne, Dwayne Wade. Exactly. Yeah, right. It's like <laughs> that's like that's that's dope in and of itself. But really, what is the trueness of Wade Sellers are the people a part of the organization. Mm. Um, people like Matt Nauman, who's the president, who is one of the dopest humans um, that I have ever met. Um, he's, I mean, the reason why I, I love him so much is because of his passion um, and even his own like project outside of Wade Sellers, Newfound Wines. Um, he's doing completely all natural wines uh, out of uh, the Sierra foothills. Mm-hmm. Um, he has like a, a natural semillon. Like who's who's doing Ooh. that? Like it's, it's so good. So it's usually uh, usually used as a blend. Right, right, exactly. It's usually used as a blend, but he's using it as a single varietal and doing it in a weird and funky, cool way, which he brings to to Wade Sellers. Um, not only not only Matt Nauman, but also Jamie Watson, who is Dwayne's partner in Wade Sellers. Uh, he's a lawyer by day, mm-hmm. but can talk anyone around burgundy like easily like he can like talk circles around burgundy to me i'm like yo this is crazy and he's like (laughs) in it like he's passionate about it you know and that's what makes i I think wade sellers so true are other people who are part of the organization people like john keys who's our winemaker who who has a a number of slew of other other projects but Mm -hmm. um has is putting his all into into making some really dope juice for for wade sellers i love that as you just talked about that never in there did you mention yourself (laughs) And I'm just like, this is this is what the kind of individual we're talking with here. Someone who's so selfless, who looks at the things that he's building, but recognizes that it's a a powerful team effort with everyone else who's around that. And and that is so true in the moments that I've uh, been been grateful and blessed enough to spend some time with you outside of of (laughs) all of this work and just getting to know you. You're just so, so humble in that sense. But but you have really done so many phenomenal things that have led you really to this moment from back when you were in Michigan. So right. so walk me through sort of what that initially looked like for you, you know, right. what that first sort of moment and spark looked like right. when you started kind of diving into this industry that led you now to where to where you are doing some <laughs> badass work for, Yo, for Wade Sellers. Blessings, blessings. Thank you again. Wow. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it, it actually started even before Michigan, uh, now that I think about it. It was it was when I was, because I was, it was when I was in high school, actually. I was, I was trash at school and, and trash in the sense of where traditional the traditional education system um, failed me in mm. the sense of where, um, you know, I was a student that didn't necessarily learn the ways that they were teaching. So they thought I was, uh, you know, a, a quote unquote problem child. Mm. Um, but my parents saw this and they saw something in me. And I remember like very vividly when uh, my parents called me into their room and they ended up handing me this pamphlet. And I started looking through the pamphlet and, you know, I'm looking at like cosmetology and and uh, carpentry and all these different programs. And they're just like, uh, so since you're so trash at school (laughs) we're going to send you to a tech center so that you can focus more so on the vocational aspect of Mm -hmm. learning rather than the the liberal arts um, aspect Mm -hmm. um so you know me being 16 years old and just hearing that i can like leave leave school for half the day and like go to a tech center another school and like do whatever i was like yo i'm gonna do culinary like period because i can smash the entire time eat all the food that i want to and then uh yeah just go to school and just like you know it'd be like home ec but you know, for half the day. Exactly. Um, so <laughs> Who like, doesn't like to eat some good food? Right, right, exactly, <laughs> period. So I ended up, you know, choosing culinary, uh, but I ended up, like, finding a passion and, like, falling in love with it, so much so that I ended up getting a job on the, uh, working on the grill line at this restaurant called Giovanni's Fine Italian Dining, uh, flipping steaks and swordfish at, like, mm-hmm. 16, 17. Yeah, and I just fell in love with it, and it came time, like, during my senior year to decide, you know, what kind of school I was going to go to for, for undergrad. So I, I knew that I wanted to be a part of the 
industry, but I didn't necessarily want to be uh, a chef because mm-hmm. um, you know really long hours. Like more power to all the chefs out there and who are who are grinding, right. um, and because that lifestyle is 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 pretty is rough. It's you rough. Know? It's some rough. long hours it, it really, that go like, into that. Straight up, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just it's just hard. So I, I decided I wanted to go to culinary school. Ended up majoring in food and beverage management, and it was while I was majoring in food and beverage management that I ended up volunteering at this wine tasting event um, where I poured this called a Chat Nifty Pop. And at the time, I was like, a Chat Nifty what, bro? Like, <laughs> <laughs> can you say that name? One right, time? right. Like what? Like what you just call me, dog? He eventually explained like Chat Nifty Pop literally translates to be the castle of the Pope. And the Pope used to go to this castle in the southwest region of France and essentially just got lit and drank a bunch of wine. You're and like, okay, I can get behind that. Right, straight up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yeah, you like drinking a bunch of wine. And um, he would go there so much that, you know, the French wanted to make this castle the Vatican. It didn't happen. But what did end up happening was that the Pope ended up, like, blessing this land of grapes. It was like, I bless thee grapes. And then there you had, like, Chat Nifty Pop, which is, I later found out, you know, a sub-region of the Côte de Rhone. And in the Côte mm-hmm. de Rhone, they predominantly grow um, three different grapes, Grenache, Rye, mm-hmm. Mouvedre, um, and that just kind of like sparked my interest um, in the wine industry. So I ended up from there seeing this world just kind of like open up to me. And at that same time, I had taken this class called The History of Eating and Drinking. And in this class that we read this book called The United States of Arugula, and it I talked about, it, it was so dope. It was so dope <laughs> because it talked about so many uh, dope female chefs who pioneered and revolutionized the way we eat and drink here in America. Mm-hmm. Um, people like Julia Child mm-hmm. and, and her show and people like Alice Waters uh, and Chez Panis and the good food movement that she developed at that time and how monumental that was for America in general and and also the industry, you know, to where we're still feeling it today with, you know, the farm to table movement right. um, where, you know, I think that the good food movement was a little bit more true than the farm to table because there's a lot of restaurants who are genuinely farm to table, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, like anything that's great, you know, people coin the term and just slap it on um, right. without following suit. Right, because there's marketing aspects. We saw what happened with the gluten industry and, and everything becoming yeah. gluten. And I have celiac, so I'm like, that does not help me out at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I need you to tell me right. what's true, not right. what you know, you're know you slapping on there as a marketing <laughs> objective. Exactly. Um, but you're absolutely right. Right, right. So, I mean, so I ended up taking that class and, you know, ended up falling in love with with the, uh, the industry in a totally different way. And that inspired me to create my own class called the uh, the History of Food and Regional Culture. And this was back in Muskegon, or Muskegon Heights in particular, where I was teaching kids um, really in the hood who were ages from 13 to 18 how to cook food from different regions of the world. So each week we'd focus on a different region. First uh, phase of the class, we go over that region, the cooking techniques, um, where the food's coming from. And then the second part of the class is we'd actually cook that food from that particular region and use those culinary techniques. And then the third part of the class is we'd like smash the food and then listen to the music that was from that particular area. Oh, um, so cool. It was it was so dope. And it was and the reason why it was so important was because, you know, unfortunately a lot of these kids who I was teaching have never even seen the lake. Um, mm-hmm. and the lake in Muskegon, Michigan is literally like less than ten miles away from, you know, where most of these kids are living. So to be able to expand their minds on what the world is and the approach through food and and to be able to travel the right. world through food 
was was extremely important uh, for me because that's how you know I saw the world. You know, I was getting this knowledge in school, and you know that was I was able to open uh, that was able to open my eyes in that way. So hopefully, the, the objective was to be able to open you know their minds that way. So I ended up getting a grant for the class. Um, I was gonna and, say, how yeah. did like who was invested yeah. in in this? Uh, in, first of all, incredible work. I love that you were even doing that um, because I think it's so important. You know, as we start to discover things for ourselves, whether that be things that make you tick, um, interests that you have, hobbies, something that you're going to be diving into in your career. It, for me personally, and, and totally again, what I noticed from you is always how do I bring up other people with me and mm. like spread the knowledge and the information so that it doesn't just stick with me, but right. you can expand other minds. And right. like the fact that you were doing that with kids in your own community wow. to show them that their the border extended beyond whatever they had framed in their own mindset wow. yeah. Uh, yeah. is is phenomenal because then it, it shows people like I can transcend beyond whatever I've I've seen as being my environment. Like exactly. there is something beyond that. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, I was I was very fortunate to have had like some people who who saw my vision and 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 believed in me and connected me with the um, Kellogg Foundation, which was uh, the Muskegon Community Foundation, but through the Kellogg Foundation, um, who then granted me some dollars to actually fund for like the the uh, utilities, so like the, the the knives, the the pans, the food, you know, um, in order for me to like actually create the class. Mm-hmm. I went from there to um, you know working at this restaurant, fast forward like two years, not even two years, like a year, ended up working at this restaurant called Grove, which was probably the, the finest of dining restaurants there was in, in Grand Rapids where, you know, they had this five course preview menu that changed every day. Mm-hmm. And um, I, my general manager at the time saw my passion uh, for wine and she then convinced me and, and told me about the sommelier exam. And she was like, yo, when you turn 21, you should like, you should take this exam. So, you know, I turned 21, ended up going to Traverse City, Michigan, taking the test, the intro test, passed it. Uh, shortly thereafter, I passed it, ended up working for this uh, small distribution company that looks at beverage. And at the time, I didn't know how dope like it was and mm-hmm. how dope the portfolio was um, because we, I mean, we were representing like well, one, I was 21. Um, but also <laughs> we were representing people like, you know, Jose Pastor, mm-hmm. uh, the importer from Spain. Um, we were working with Jenny Francois, uh, the natural wine importer, um, mostly, mostly in France, but kind of like all over um, Brooks winery in Oregon that does like amazing Pinot Noir mm-hmm. and Riesling um, Herman, Herman stories. Um, Russell does down there. I mean, just, it was a dope portfolio, but it was, while I was working for this distribution company that I like, you know, was actually immersed in the industry in the way that I wasn't before that I, I started to see even more so the lack of diversity within, within the, uh, within the space. Mm. Um, so that was the, that would, that gave me the inspiration to create my own thing and my own uh, spin on the industry and how it could be uh, approached from, from my culture, you know, and, and from my culture. And that's how I developed uh, Graped Out, which is the entire. Phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> Say it one more time. <laughs> yeah, graped out, graped out, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was, I mean, the entire essence of graped out was like literally to to take the bougie out of wine, mm-hmm. you know. Make it accessible exactly. to everyone. To everybody, to yeah. everybody, everybody, you know what I'm saying? And that's something I appreciate because growing up here as a Latina, you know, it's like the only space that I was ever made to feel like we could operate in was picking the grapes like Mm. that was where you held your place Mm. as a latin american person and even now it's like once in a while maybe i'll see a wine educator here and there but again it's an industry that has not been welcoming to 
people and voices from different backgrounds, whether that means you're you're black, you're Latin, whether that means you are Indian, whether it means you're part of the LGBTQ community, whatever that looks like. There's only been one narrative. And and I love that as you noticed that there were limitations um, in this industry where it wasn't as welcoming that you didn't take that and, and be like, oh, okay, well, you know, my hands are tied. Mm. No, you were like, okay, there isn't a space, so I'm going to make the space. Wow. I'm going to create it. And you did that with Great Doubt. And, wow. and you, you so started much. bringing in, why are you thinking me? You're the one doing the work. <laughs> um, you started bringing in wine, food, art, all of it kind yeah. of uh, intersecting as one. Right, right. And that's exactly what Grape Dot was, or, or still is. Um, so, you know, I would have, so Grape Dot was going to be in two, two, in two phases. The first phase of which was going to be, um, which I did, uh, were pop-up uh, wine dinners where I had five course five course dinners where I intersected live music, live art, food, and then culture, like mm, you said, mm-hmm. um, all into one experience. So I'd have people like my guy, Jordan Hamilton, who is my homie. Always got to shout him out. Um, um, check him out if you if you can, um, but he's this classically trained cellist who uh, will play in his set like he'll be, he'll be playing Bach one second and then the next second he'll be rapping Chance the Rapper on oh, his cello. So dope. Yo, so dope. He fuses like neo soul and and classical and rap and and so much all into you know what he, and who he is mm-hmm. as a, as an artist. I and mean, not have you know the homies who who come and do live paintings and and just do you know amazing work. So yeah, that that was that was the first phase and then the second phase of Graped Out was going to be actual wine production, uh, which is kind of like how, I, which led me to how I, I came into to Napa. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll hit on that a little later, but after I created Grape Dow, I then ended up leaving Elixir Beverage uh, to go work for Spartan Ash, which is this grocery retail chain in, in, in Michigan, one of the largest, uh, the second largest in Michigan. And I was uh, the wine director for three of the stores that they had there. And it, it was, it was you know, during that time where I was fortunate enough to had, um, have, an, again, some, some really dope homies that ended uh, it was it was crazy how it happened because one of my friends was uh, she we ended up meeting up for dinner um, and she was like yo I just got a PBS show on yeah I just got a PBS show I can like create like my entire like show based off of you know whatever whatever yeah and I was like yo what like this that's so dope like I was <laughs> like yes girl like do your thing you know what I mean like like rooting her on and cheering yeah. her up and you know just gassing her up and then I get a call from her like the, the following week and she was like yo I just suggested you for the same cohort um would you be free to like interview for it like tomorrow and i was like yo what like yeah like say less yes so ended up like meeting uh my producer mariano and you know ended up chopping it up and it, it, it turned out to be this cohort of 10 people um and it was this program that was called shaping narratives mm-hmm. and essentially what shaping narratives was was it gave 10 people uh, of color the the platform to be able to amplify the voices of the people that we represented Ooh, um and powerful. any so I mean it was so powerful. Um, similar, very similar to what you're doing now. And and it basically there were no there was no restrictions on what our show was or what it had to be or even what medium we we had to use. So I ended up creating and I already knew I knew exactly what I wanted from the beginning. But the the entire program spanned it for two years where it was basically like two years of training, and uh, they were split up into three different modules. The first module of which was basically decolonizing the mind mm-hmm. and unlearning 
uh, a lot of the things that we have learned in America that are just wrong. Things like, I mean, like Christopher Columbus was a terrorist. History. Yes. Yeah, like, he period. Was. Like, you know, I mean, he's a terrorist, he's a rapist. He was a horrible human being. But we we're taught to, to celebrate him and his quote unquote discovery of America, which isn't even really true. But so, yeah. So, I mean, that was the first uh, module. And then, you know, we had the other three modules, but I ended up creating my show, um, which was called Cultural Ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so essentially what Cultural Ingredients was, was, you know, I, I focused on um, restaurants that were first, second and third generation immigrant owned and operated. So and dope. yo, bless, bless. So dope. You're so cool, man. Yo, that's you. That's you, homie. <laughs> for real, for real. <laughs> but yeah, focus on first, second, third generation immigrant owned and operated restaurants. And we focus on one key ingredient that they felt as though represent their culture to a T. And then we follow the origin of that particular ingredient and how that ingredient got there. And then we relate that same origin story to that person and how that person got to, in particular, West Michigan and their development of, of self and, and their development of creating a business as, uh, as an immigrant in America and then we'd actually cook with that particular ingredient and make something and uh, yeah that was that you was the show full circle <laughs> full circle yeah um, it was this dope is, this is how this is what I mean when I talk about how dope you are and like Man, you, wow. you you are the kind of like in the core of all of these different areas that intersect with one another whether it be culture art food wine and you lead your life in much of that same sense and, and it's like you're not just you know doing some incredible things with Wade Sellers. It's everything that has kind of brought you into that moment, but that you you came with so much history behind you from projects that you've been working on that also kind of helped to highlight how we can keep intersecting in wow. so much of this work. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's amazing. Thank so you so cool. much. No, you're so cool. <laughs> what what sort of, as you look at yourself, so so I see and recognize how many different spaces you operate in and how you were able to make that your own. I'm curious, you know, as you take a look at yourself and the different intersections that you identify with as a young black man operating in the wine industry and, you know, coming from originally food and, and just everywhere that has kind of shaped you to be where you are, what would you say has just helped to shape you as those intersections kind of intertwine with one another in this industry that maybe hasn't always historically been Mm. welcoming for black individuals right Uh, more recently it's been people like you I mean it's been people like we're not talking about me no no I mean (laughs) honestly it's been people like you it's been people like Miriam it's been people like Julia Coney it's been people Mm. like Carlton McCoy other people of color within the industry that I'm able to be inspired by and constantly look up to as mentors but also peers and that's re-inspired me to be able to create period honestly Mm -hmm. Um, and to continue to to strive for for greatness mm-hmm. uh, but not only for myself but also for everybody that's coming up under us and, and that can that we can be a good example for them to be able to look up to and see that it is possible mm-hmm. because representation does matter so much so you know? important so important, so important. You know I mean? it's like a it's like a silent affirmation that you deserve to exist in that space Mm. too and that you can exist in that space and that it's not just singular or for a specific group of people but that it's open for everyone exactly exactly yeah and 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 it's so important that we always are reminded of that and you know having this circle that i've been able to find in napa and been blessed enough to to find myself in has only amplified and ignited even more fire for me in particular so yeah i mean i'm, I'm so excited for 
what is to come um, mm. and what is happening because like so even after I created the show I I got a text from and this 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 happened in like March and I I got a text from my old boss the owner of Elixir Beverage the dis- mm-hmm. distribution company that I was mm-hmm. working for and he was like yo Andrew Jones is looking for some help for harvest season would you be interested and this was like like it played perfectly because I was uh, that was going to be the next phase of Graped Out, which was going to be GW three. Right. Um, and GW three is actually um, named after you know my name, George Washington I was Carver, say, yeah. Walker III. Yeah. <laughs> and essentially, so the reason why I'm naming it GW three is because you know uh, of my name and paying homage to to that 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 legacy. A short story: my great grandfather was actually a janitor at Tuskegee University, and it was while he was a janitor at Tuskegee University that he befriended. George Washington Carver and he befriended him so much so that when George Washington Carver was about to pass away my grandfather vowed to him that he would name his first son after him um, which was you know my grandfather of course so yeah it's crazy it's crazy to even like think about and that you know I hold that dear to me so it's GW3 is paying uh, homage to not only my my grandfather and my father but also to George Washington Carver and the strives that he made as a black man and as as a black scientist for the agriculture industry Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. through the uh, the peanut mm-hmm. but for me uh, making those strives through the agriculture industry through viticulture and and the grape and grapes yeah 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 exactly. is it interesting for you to like draw those parallels or to feel like some part of you always had a pull to the ag industry mm-hmm. then like if you think all the way back I know you talked about originally at first how it all stemmed from how you were just like you know what traditional school sense is not for me right. um, and that your parents you know opened you up to vocational trade stuff which for the record I think is phenomenal because you're right school isn't for everyone Mm -hmm. and I think we've kind of strayed away from encouraging people to start to dive into those trade vocational fields and and then you end up in phenomenal places whether it be in the culinary world and the wine world is it interesting for you to kind of think back maybe even as a child Mm. something that you know was a a little bit of a glimmer of oh yeah this is going to lead him somewhere close to this area that had some of that ag influence for you man wow Um, I wish uh, you know I've always had an interest in, in nature and I've always had an interest in, in growing things. Yeah, I've always been drawn to it. Uh, I, if you would have said that, you know, I'd be here to George or Trey when he was this like 10 years old, you know, I, I, I definitely wouldn't have believed you, you know, it's, right. it's crazy. The circles and where life has taken me, mm-hmm. you know, I've been on now five continents within Ooh. the past, like, yeah, it's, it's crazy in the past, like, you know, three years. Probably tasted um, some good wine visiting all crazy, those continents. Yo, for real, for real, straight up. It's crazy, you know, and for somebody who, who was not great at school, I graduated with like in high school with like a 1.9 GPA, like, if that it might even been like 1.7 honestly it was I was just trash you know I mean it wasn't my it wasn't my it wasn't my dig until you know I went to you know undergrad and I was like I always told my parents like yo once I leave the house I'm, I'm like that's when I'm that's when I'm gonna kick it into like high gear like right. that's when I'm gonna you know do my thing you know I was very fortunate that you know I did my thing in undergrad and um, at the Culinary Institute of Michigan to where I could get a degree and and do that but you know yeah, I, I I still wouldn't have believed you if you would have said that little little Trey ten years ago. Little Trey, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What has been then looking back through this entire experience? I guess the most, whether it be rewarding, the most exciting project, adventure, maybe tasks that you were able to to be a part of. And I'm curious, even even kind of beyond that, how would you say that moment sort of shaped you to where you are now in your career? And and what were the lessons that you learned from that? Mm. Um, 
thank you that changed you? Thank you so much for that question. That is such a great question. And to answer that, you know, I think it was I think it was the history of food and regional culture. Honestly, that project, uh, my first real project, mm-hmm. you know, where I I saw a need to give back in only the way that I could. You know, I've always been an activist and still am an activist. And I think that it's important that you know everyone is is an activist and and, and not an activist in the terms of what you know people may think. You know, activism is showing that you have we all have privilege and acknowledging that privilege and and being conscious of our unconscious and making sure that we always make space and make room to be um, acknowledged that and and that that it, I, th- I think that's the first way that you have to be an activist. I love that definition. Yeah, yeah. I think too much too often people just think it's. Uh, you know, like we saw this summer, people hitting the streets, which is very right. important to amplify right. your voice in that sense. But it's like, what do you do in the spaces in which you operate beyond that? Right. right? And how are you challenging people? How are you challenging yourself as well right. when it's not in the face of hitting the streets, when it's not, you know, a, a retweet on social right. media, right. Right. but in actual impactful ways in your community, in yeah. your job, in your home, yeah. in your circle of friends. Exactly. In your everyday life, period. So, you know, that. It took me to understand that, you know, first and foremost. But once I did, I I saw a need to create, you know, and do. And once I did, and and once I got that feeling of, you know, I still, I'm still connected with some of the kids who just graduated. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And they're like, yo, Mr. Walker, like, yo, I see you out here traveling. Like, that's going to be me once the world opens up again. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm going to go to, I want to go to Portugal like you. I want to go to Morocco. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's that, and that's, and, and and those are those moments that I'm like, yes, like, that's, that's, that's why. That's why. You're that's here. why you did it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that setting that set the precedence for you know everything else, mm-hmm. um, because it, it merged all of those worlds that I was involved in and that I was passionate about and still am to this day. So yeah, you know, and, and even and even shaping to what we're doing now. You know, I'm very fortunate that you know I work for Wade Sellers mm-hmm. and, and have the platform that I do now solely by myself. Period. But but also to tag on Wade Sellers and also like Dwayne Wade and the impact that we can have and will have and um, do have within the wine industry is going to be huge. Yes, it is. I'm really excited for the projects that, you know, we're working on and about to roll out. Oh, um, any, any that you're allowed to share? Um, yeah, <laughs> not, not yet, but I got you. I got I you. <laughs> I got you. I got you. No, I love that. You know me. I just, I had to ask. Right, I had right, to ask. Right, right. And I'm going to be right there for it. Yes, I'm excited to period. see it all roll out. Yes. It's going to be so great. Yes. So clearly we know and and we recognize as we've been talking, you know, during this time that there is a need to increase and amplify those voices. What do you think is is sort of the first thing that whether it be someone who's a part of the industry or maybe not even a part of the industry, ways in which we can loop people in to help advance that and create that that new wave, that new change. Right, right. First and foremost is like, you know, it goes back to representation, right? You need to have people of color in power positions mm-hmm. and and not just you know, some like foo-foo. I like, like that you just said power positions. Yeah, it's real, so real. important. It's so important. And not just like some foo-foo like DNI committee, like no. diversity, equity, inclusion board. Like bump that. Because no. we're seeing that happen, yeah, right? Everyone's so all about like, oh, did you do your DI training? Did you do this? Which I right. think it's great that right. we're going to put that education in there and that right. for once companies are prioritizing even doing this. Right. But I'm like, that is not the end all be no. all that is really truly going to catapult 
a, and I don't even, I hesitate to say the term radical change because it's really not that radical not. of an idea. There should equal be. Access, equal access should not be radical. That's not radical. You feel yes. I me? Mean? To say that you want to get paid the same. To say to that you want to see like, someone that looks like you in that position of power. Exactly. Knowing that you have the education, you have the expertise, the knowledge to be there. Exactly. Uh, it's just about creating opportunity. Exactly. Creating access. Exactly. So miss me with that, like, DNI committee. Put people of color, put women on your actual boards. Mm. Like, that, and it, and it starts there. But an even easier step is to just show people of color and women and LGBTQ, IMA+, um, show them. You feel me? Market them mm -hmm. put their faces on you know what i mean and pay them for it you feel yes. me yes and like when you when you when you show them like pay them for it because i think so often you know we get into these we get into the mindset of where oh i'm doing this for exposure i'm i'm doing it to do whatever no pay pay you or pay them pay me you mm -hmm. feel me and Period. ask for it yeah exactly. as, as that black brown uh lgbtq plus iaa individual right. Right. Know your worth and exactly. ask for it and then tax it. Exactly. You feel me? Period. Period. You know what I mean? So, yeah, definitely. That, I think, is the most impactful way that I think that we can have change currently. Because once a person is able to see themselves represented in a power position, mm -hmm. they then think that they can do it and they can do it. Mm -hmm. um, but it takes it takes representation and it takes that, that moment for you to actually be able to see that it's possible. I was able to see Carlton McCoy and all the greatness that he's accomplished within his life and think that I could do that. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's so inspiring. People like Julia Coney and, you know, the success mm -hmm. that she's had throughout her career and even, like, Philippe Andre. You know, so, so many of these other people of color within the industry that are, are doing it, I look up to so much and they inspire me to be able to be that next inspiration for somebody that's coming up under me because, I mean, honestly, the way that I got to Wade Sellers, you know, after I got that, that text from my old boss, you know, I shot it over to one of my homies, Saman. I have to shout her out too, who uh, is uh, a winemaker down in like Central Coast. And I knew that she had already been working with Andrew Jones. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you know, Andrew Jones is dope. He's cool. But don't think that this is your only opportunity. She then connected me with the winemaker at uh, Tooth and Nail and Rabble. Um, end up having an amazing conversation with the winemaker, absolutely amazing woman, but they didn't offer, I mean, even to, to go back, to like digress back to Saman, I didn't even know what a harvest internship was, honestly. When when I got that text from my boss, I was I just thought I was going to be out in the field like picking grapes. Yeah. Like I, I thought, and I was totally fine with that. <laughs> like at that point, you know, I just wanted I'm to be. I'm an Napa? Cool. Yeah, like exactly. You feel, you feel <laughs> me? Experience, like, let's Period. Go. Exactly, exactly. But until I had that conversation with her and for her to like break it down, she was like, no, this this isn't your only opportunity. Yes, you should ask for this amount of money. Mm -hmm. um, yes, the winery should pay for your boots. Like all of that stuff. I had no idea right. it was like a, a thing, you know, until I had the conversation. So I didn't end up taking the uh, the Harvest Internship at Tooth and Nail um, because uh, they didn't offer any housing for the, uh, the Harvest Interns. Mm -hmm. And California is already like expensive Super enough. expensive. Exactly. Oh exactly. my goodness. Yeah, for real, for real. <laughs> so if I'm a dip like for three, three months, like from Michigan, like all my paycheck is going to housing. Mm -hmm. Like what am I going to do when I get back to Michigan? Exactly. You know I mean? like, exactly. So. Talk about, you know, again, you, you said for people to, you know, invest in ways that they can get involved, whether it be show these people, have these people in positions of power, but then financially right. invest in programs and nonprofit organizations that already exist that are doing the work that can 
just immediately, if, if you if you are in a position where you have uh, access to financial dollars that can uplift people who are operating these spaces, who are curious to start up, you know, continue to uh, exceed in their career, do something like provide housing, put your Period. money in a place where that's one less thing someone then has to worry about exactly. when it comes to trying to operate in that space and exactly. even enter that space. Exactly. So, I mean, I got to plug everybody. Um, if I miss one, <laughs> I um, you know, so people things like uh, Wine Unified, things mm-hmm. like Cal Poly's uh, scholarship program that's Simon Mitchelson and, and Justin, the Roots Fund, mm-hmm. obviously, yeah, 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 all of them, you know what I mean? Pay, like donate, 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 because these programs are creating access uh, for people of color um, and donate, period. So, you know, ended up uh, not taking the one. Donate, if you didn't say it again. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> donate. Um, so ended up, you know, uh, getting connected with another homie that was at um, a winemaker uh, at Brooks in, in Oregon, ended up chopping it up with their winemaker, and they offered a stipend, they offered housing, and they had a private chef for all the interns. So Dope. I was like, yo, Dope. Like I'm going. They're doing it right. That's it. Exactly. I'm going. I'm going to Oregon. Like this is that was that was the that was the decision. That was it. Um, But two weeks prior to that, I had shot this random message to info at Wade Sellers. Um, and I was like, hey, my name is George Walker. I'm 26. Don't know if you guys are accepting any Harvest interns this year, but I'd love to work this upcoming season. So um, two weeks later, I didn't, I didn't hear back until two weeks later, and I got a message from um, my, now, uh, my now boss, the president, Matt Nauman. He was like, yo, um, my bad. I'm just now getting back to you, but I've been on vacation for the past two weeks. Mm-hmm. How about you shoot over your resume, and let's hop on a call tomorrow. So I ended up shooting them over the resume, um, and, and uh, like, I'm like freaking out because like I gotta hear back. Like I gotta, I gotta email back. You know what I'm saying? Know. I was just like, I was geeked that I got to like even just chop it up. Like, shoot this is your crazy. shot, right? Exactly. Shoot your shot. You know what I'm saying? So it um, might not always get in the basket, eh, but it might. Exactly. It might. It might. You never know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whether it's a half court shot, whether it's a full lob, whatever. Like, take like, that whatever. leap of faith. Exactly. Exactly. So you know, we hop on a call. Um, he's like, "Yo, tell me your story." So I ended up telling him my story, and he was like, "Okay, dope." So here's the lowdown. Uh, we're actually not looking for a harvest intern at all. And my heart dropped. And then instantly, like, he was like, yo, but what we're actually looking for is I'm looking for a right-hand person for the whole operation. Boom. What? Yeah. You're like, yo. oh, there's a better position Yo, say <laughs> what? You are like, this is, I'm like, yo, everything that I remember saying after that was just like, yes, 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 yes. Like, I am down. I'm here for it. Oh, you know what I'm saying? So cool. Like, it was, it was amazing. You know what I mean? But like, I had, I something that I had no, I, I had, I, I didn't expect it at all. You yeah. know what I mean? So, you know, I, I instantly hit up uh, my mentors um, uh, to to talk about you know contract negotiations and and what that looked like mm-hmm. and 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 having you know other people um, who were in these same positions to to see what that worth is and what my worth was because you know I had no idea and that honestly. is so important it's so important it's so important it's because so important. all too often it's almost like the tone is like we should be grateful to be here right and so it's like I'll take whatever you give me right but it's like no we have to start valuing our 
worth. We have to start making everybody else value the worth and work that you bring to the table, that exactly. wealth of knowledge. And the fact that you had, you know, a, a, an incredible group of people around you to be able to talk to them. And that's why representation is so important because they've been through that. Exactly. They're there. Uh, and maybe there are things that they learned that they went through that they can, you know, drop a little golden nugget of knowledge and be like, you know what, this is, this is the experience I did. Uh, this is how I would have done it differently right. so that, you know, and now assist you, uh, in na- negotiating, whether it be contracts, what, whatever that looks like. Right, right, right. Exactly. So, so transparency is so key mm. amongst us and we have to mm-hmm. be transparent in order to be able to, um, take the, the people who are coming up under us to the next level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, exactly what you just said. And, you know, I was very fortunate and blessed to have those, those people around me that helped me along that process. Um, and it worked, you know, I'm, I'm living in Napa. I'm chilling. You know what I mean, I'm, <laughs> he's I'm here. Working. He's I'm been grinding. here for two months. He's like, I'm not looking to leave anywhere. No, not I love at all. It. Not at all. Were there ever any moments where you thought like, you know what, this is a little too hard. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if, if I, the moment I put myself in that position, now I'm really vulnerable. Cause what if I fail? Like maybe I just shouldn't like, were there moments you thought you were going to give up? And, and if there were, what did you do? Who was around or what happened that kind of just allowed you to not end up giving up? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I've struggled, uh, deeply so many times. Um, you know, I'm, I've, I've, you know, I've struggled with depression for sure. Mm -hmm. I actually remember, um, it's crazy. Um, I, this is going to get real deep. Um, I was in, I was actually in China actually, and I was at one of the lowest points of my life and I was about to take my own life, um, honestly. And I was at, um, yeah, I was at a very, very vulnerable, um, place in my life and didn't know how I was going to get out at all. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'm very fortunate that, you know, I was, I had my cousin, um, who was with me. And who 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 talked me out of some or talked me through a lot of uh, things like that yeah. um, to continue on and to tell me that I had purpose and that you know I I am here for a reason um, and what got me I mean that in particular was what what got me out of it but what has kept me out of it for me you know I'm not the most religious person at all um, but uh, you know I I do come from a religious background and one thing that I have kept with me has been you know gospel music in general mm-hmm. um, and listening to gospel for me has been like my my inspiration to like be like yo like suck it up you got it yeah you know i mean you you're this. here for a reason you know what i'm saying and that's that's been my way um that and also having uh, an amazing supportive system and a, and a supportive circle um that continues to um remind me of why i'm here um and and that i and remind me that i do have a purpose because you know yeah we we, we get in those we, we we have those moments you know and moments like this where i'm saying this like very publicly for the first time ever <laughs> is you know super like vulnerable thank, but, but yeah like, thank you for for sharing first first of all um it it takes a lot because like you said you know it's this is a public space and that's something very vulnerable. And, you mm-hmm. know, it's not, it, it's not always something that we, maybe with our friends, we can be a little bit vulnerable with and let right. them know some things that we've gone through, but maybe not, uh, you know, exposure for whoever is yeah. listening, yeah. um, to know about you. But I think it also allows people to connect and to see realness, mm. like raw realness, unfiltered. It's, I love unfiltered wine. <laughs> I love unfiltered knowledge, right, uh, unfiltered right, experiences right, right, right. because, because it shows 
you know, that it's not this, that not everything was perfectly lined up, you right. know, from the beginning to tee you up to, to being exactly what got you here. There were moments, many moments where you go through self-doubt, where you go through, you know, questioning purpose and, and, mm. you know, what might be happening. And I'm sure that that looks different for everybody, but I appreciate your willingness to be so vulnerable enough to acknowledge that mm. so that anybody, you know, who does listen or who questions or who's ever gone through something like that knows that it's not this cookie cutter picture right. and that there are real challenges that come with whatever space you're choosing to operate in, right. but that it doesn't need to necessarily define the extent of what you can achieve. Wow. Wow. You are amazing. Whoa. What like, do you mean? Oh my yeah, God. Baby, we're here for you. I, like, you, you just like, I, like, oh my God. Wow. That was so dope. Y'all, oh. did you hear how she just wrapped that all in? Like, what? Who am I sitting next to right now? Oh y'all? my God. This is You're amazing. too funny. You're too funny. Okay. So, so one thing that I do want to know then is, is I guess through all of that and everything that you've been able to overcome, how you've been able to get to where you are, what I guess inspires you to keep being that best self? Uh, the reminder of, uh, people who are coming under me, period. Like that's, that is it. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm doing it for, I'm doing it for my people. Yeah. Period. That's it. I love it. And we see that initially from what you talked about, that first initial project about making sure that kids in your hometown in that area knew that there was a world beyond just that, right. that community. Yeah. Um, so, so I love that. Absolutely. Hats off to you, my friend. You are, Blessings. you are absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> um, is there, is there any piece of advice that you would say you wish you had either received way back in the day or even now that you really want to leave people with who are just looking to, to take a chance on themselves and, and, you know, uh, explore this world or explore a world that interests them shoot your shot for real oh, period say it again shoot your shot for real homies <laughs> is that just because he's working for Dwayne Sellers no. <laughs> <laughs> for real though like you have to I mean no matter if I mean we said it before no matter if it's a layup no matter if it's a half court live mm. um, whatever no matter if it's a slam dunk just make sure you shoot your shot because um, if you don't um, how can you ever make how can you ever score it's accountability piece in there right you, you are to. your player right you are your own player. You exactly. are your you are your own person operating in this world. Exactly. And there might be things in the outside world that, you know, hit you hard. Right. But it's how are you picking yourself back up? Right. You know, folks who break their Achilles out there on the court, Yo, they real. still come back come next through. season, exactly. coming in hard. Doing it. How Doing are you it. coming in hard exactly. through everything that exactly. you've been pushed through? So if you gotta shoot an email, if you gotta shoot a DM, if you gotta do whatever, um, reach out to people um, because the resources are becoming better. Um, mm -hmm. They're still not where they need to be at all, mm -hmm. not by any means. But I think there are strives that are happening right now where uh, a lot, I think a lot of people who want to be successful particularly in this industry, well, not, particularly in all industries right now right. for people of color, I think is a great time for us to be able to take advantage of and reach out to those people who are already doing it um, and, and seek mentorship. Mm -hmm. um, and the worst thing is like, they can do is they say no. Right. You know what I mean? But, and you know, if, I mean, if, but at the same time, you could also be chilling in freaking Napa like two months later. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Like me. Like I shot a DM and, or I shot a, a random email and yeah. And look at where you are now. Yeah. It just takes shooting your shot. It's crazy. 
I love that. I love that. So basically, if science fails us 50 (laughs) to 100 years from now, and there's a a book that's written about you, and that's the only thing that gets left behind, is that the title, Shoot Your Shot? Shoot Your Shot. I'm here for it. I love it. What's the title of your book, and what's the blurb say? Shoot Your Shot. Oh, man, it's so good. The blurb says, this one's stumping me. Mm, I don't know. That's to be continued. To be continued. I like that. We're still writing the story. That's it. To be continued. To be continued. Because we're all here writing that story. Yeah, exactly. I love that. And everyone else out there, you know, just just keep writing that story. I would say stay hungry. Mm, You know, it's something that that I've noticed that you've done through Mm. everything that you've continued, whether it was what you initially started with that group of young individuals or with what you're doing with Wade Sellers. Mm. You've got some new projects coming up, so I'm so excited to stay in the know. And stay connected yes. with you, I'll tell you uh, and I absolutely think that you're. <laughs> yeah, I'll get the four one one. I'll get the big sim. Uh, not on the air. I got you. I got you. Um, but I love that you wrap that up with you know your group of people around you besides just shooting your shot. Mm. Right is is making sure that you do have that group and that you do stay connected because. Uh, it's hard to navigate that space when it's completely on your own. Mm. Not that it's not possible, but it makes it a little harder. So right. look right. at who's on your team and make sure that you keep Tight those around you. Yeah. I love it. Cheers to you, my Cheers, friend. Homie. I love this. Yes. Thanks for joining me Let's on the go. Big Sip. Yo, George Washington Carver Walker the Third, wow. GW3. Um, incredible human. Wow. Has done some phenomenal things. Uh, an excellent, phenomenal assistant director of ops for Wade Sellers and, and is going to be doing so many more phenomenal things so make sure you are keeping up to date with him knowing all the knowledge follow him on instagram how does everyone stay connected with you yes ig george walks three and yeah that's me graped out at graped out as well um and d wade sellers make sure you hit that follow make sure you tap in yes make sure you keep tuning into the big sip next week every thursday dropping a new phenomenal human being doing the damn work bootstrapped operating in these spaces uh phenomenal human beings like yourself my friend so cheers thank you so much you're so welcome Big sip.